Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Let's Talk Tri-Delta. Thanks for joining us. I'm Karen White, Tri-Delta CEO and Editor-in-Chief of the award-winning Trident Magazine. During March, we're celebrating Women's History Month, and on International Women's Day, Tri-Delta honored our 2021 Women of Achievement recipients. These three remarkable women have made tremendous impacts in the arts, government, and business, and we're excited to share their stories with you on our podcast. I had the honor of speaking with all three of these sisters and am pleased to share their powerful conversations with you. Gayla Jennings O'Byrne is a graduate of the prestigious Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania, where she was a member of our Psy chapter. Gayla's had a trailblazing career in banking and corporate philanthropy and is the founder of Walkstars, a venture capital firm focusing on promoting women of color in the tech industry. Gayla shares heartfelt experiences about her Tri-Delta story, her wonderful career, and offers some sage advice for all of us. Here's our conversation. Hi, so I'm Gayla. Um, it looks like Gail, but it's pronounced Gayla. Um, I'm Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, and I'm a proud Tri-Delt from Wharton School undergrad, uh, University of Pennsylvania, Psy Chapter, class of 1991. And this would be my 30th reunion. And you know, while we can't be on campus in the normal way, I think being with everyone here um, in Tridelt is probably a far better reunion. And so I'm honored to be here and joining you um, 30 years after I became a Tridelt. It doesn't seem possible that it's been 30 years. Not at all. It has. It has. And so you asked me a little bit about myself, and I guess I would say my origin story starts in Missouri and California. I'm second generation techie business black woman. um, And I'm really the product of an incredibly smart, hard loving, hardworking set of parents. And my mom was like one of the hidden figures that you would have seen in the movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Working on the same computer software, the same IBM mainframes. They were working on the space shuttle. And at that time, she was working on the F-15 fighter plane and the DC-10 plane, which is the kind of legacy of the planes that you and I fly. Well, when we can fly. Way back when we did fly. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. So I'm the product of another amazing woman of color. And now after having a career in technology and having a long career on Wall Street at JP Morgan, I now get the, I'm going to say honor and pleasure and privilege to champion for women of color tech startups and inclusive, cool, diverse teams by launching my own venture capital fund so that we can invest in awesome startups. Just love it. So You had what many people would say was a dream job at J.P. Morgan Chase, right? Wall Street, the whole nine yards. So tell us what made you walk away and what was what was the calling like to decide you were going to elevate and champion for women of color? Why was that so vital to you? I loved my time at J.P. Morgan. I mean, I was that girl in undergrad who wanted to go to Wall Street and I actually I tell people, I actually kind of learned how to read three ways. I, as a child, would read the obituaries. <laughs> mm. <laughs> my used to always say to me, no one ever died from the word no, go ask. And, you know, it's okay if they say no. And then I'd go and get the newspaper and I'd look to see if someone had died from the word no, because I wanted to see if I could prove her wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would read the obituaries. I would read Ann Landers and Miss Manners and stuff like that. And the stock market, the stock pages. And I could tell you like when there was a new company that, you know, made it to the index or the S&P, because all of a sudden all the like tickers changed on the page. 
Yeah. Um, I'm really dating myself here, aren't I? That's um, but yeah, this, this notion of Wall Street just stuck with me even from a child. Yeah. Uh, so I loved it, right? I was a mergers and acquisitions, MA banker, you know, and then I was an international lobbyist in the Bush administration. And a colleague had Europe and I had the rest of the world and the State Department and Congress and White House and such. And then I, I was in corporate philanthropy. So when Obama was coming to office, I uh, transitioned over to philanthropy and got to really look at impact investing and really, you know, investing in change maker and addressing problems. But and all of that, all of that that I loved, there was something gnawing in me about the women that I saw around me that were building companies, but weren't getting the capital to do so in a meaningful way. And I was doing little things like writing little checks. I was coaching. I was mentoring. I was, you know, reading people's business plans, doing all the things I thought was being helpful. And it wasn't until I was diagnosed and survived cancer that I went from being afraid of dying to a place of being fearless about living. And I just thought, now's the time. Like, if not now, then when? That's a beautiful story. A beautiful story of survivorship. That's incredible. Thanks. And, and, and my joy now comes from women entrepreneurs. And we named our fund Walkstar, Women of Color Stars, because we believe that women and diverse, inclusive people are really the rock stars that we need to be investing in. I love it. So part of your philosophy, right, and something that you say is that is the best way to find a champion is to listen, right? So how is listening important? overall, right? How has it been important in your career? And then, you know, as Tridelta thinks about ourselves as an organization, right? A society founded to be kind alike to all. How does listening play into us achieving our purpose and our mission? You know, it's interesting you ask that question, particularly given the the times that we're in right now where, you know, we're all not in person with each other. And so the the skill of listening is even more important now than I'd say than ever because, we don't have those normal social markers. And so yet we need empathy and we need to be human and we need to care for our fellow man and woman. And listening is the first way to start that. Um, you know, I'm, you know, the, the, the unglamorous side of running a venture capital firm and investing in companies that you've got to ask people for their money so that you can go invest it for them. Not an easy thing to have to ask someone for something, at least not for me, you know, showing vulnerability, asking for help, asking for resources. But listening has been such a valuable tool because what happens is, is I get to hear people. I get to hear what is driving them, what they're afraid of, what they're excited for. And then I can think of how what I do could complement what they do or what they want to be doing or need to be doing or, or thinking about doing. As the organization thinks about its future and the years ahead, the listening is it, it's probably the biggest asset that you have. And I love how you guys have responded in these years of change and turmoil and pandemics and different administrations and viewpoints that at the end of the day, you're creating a space where sisters can listen to sisters and feel heard. I mean, humans want to be loved and they just want to be seen and they want to be heard. The way you do that is you just listen. That's amazing. I am loving this conversation so much, so much. And I just, uh, I'm like getting a little teary. Yeah. Um, 
Good gracious. Um, so, you know, cry. oh my gosh. I mean, it, it's just at the heart of what we're trying to do right now, Gayla, right? Just so many parallels here just to be there, you know, for one another in a place that grants, creates space, grants grace, brings people along. And, and I, you know, I do think the Tri-Delta, that bond of friendship, right? Those shared values. I think it allows us to have conversations that are difficult, but way more difficult among people who don't share sort of this commonality of experience and and bond, right? We're able to sort of get to it a little more quickly because of our shared Tridelta experience. It's what's emerging as like a, a really kind of beautiful aspect of this work that we're doing in the in the lead now space, especially, but even just pivoting how the experience changes as women's needs change in the Tridelta experience or sort of why we exist. So this next question is around what Tridelta means to you. So I'm going to let you kind of riff on this. Yeah. What does Tridelt mean for me? I want to start by quoting Dr. Maya Angelou. And she said, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And for me, that is really the essence of what Tridelta means to me because I was this young girl in California coming to the East Coast to this big campus in Philadelphia. And Tridelta made me feel like I had a community and family. That feeling stays with me such that I'm probably tapping into it and tapping into my tear ducts. (laughs) That's what Tridelta means to me. That is so heartfelt and so uplifting, right? That finding that community, finding that home away from home, finding that chosen family, if you will, especially to be so far away from home. You were far away from home. You know, I, part of my family wasn't really supportive of this idea of going away and going to college. And so I had to figure it out how I was going to pay for it. And that turned into like four jobs. (laughs) I I had more jobs than classes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had like three classes one semester and I had like four jobs or something. That's real. Yeah. It's really real. You know, it, it was, and I, I want to make sure to say this, that the community and the family, it didn't end on campus, right? It didn't end when I took off the graduation gown. I have tried out in my life every day. I have happy hours weekly with a set of my sorority sisters. And I'm sure other people have this have had this happen. I have these really crazy, fun, bizarre moments where I'm like halfway around the world, like in Greece and Singapore or checking out of a hotel in Munich. And not because any of us are wearing tried out clothing, right? But somehow it'll come up in conversation. And then there's that moment like, oh my God, you're tried out, you're tried out. <laughs> and it, and it's just this beautiful thing. It's those little special moments of, again, community and family and not feeling alone in the world. So many of us have had those experiences. And sometimes with women, you actually know well. You don't often lead business conversations with your sorority affiliation or even other conversations, right? Social conversations. and But you're drawn to these people and you think they're super cool chicks. And then you find out they're a tri-delta and you go, of course, of course you are. Of course you are. We connected immediately. That's such a great surprise. Yeah. And I love the diversity of tridelts because you can't distill it down to a look Mm-mm. or a type or a geography, right? And so there's this beautiful and diverse inclusiveness that comes out um, as well. 
you know, because I, I don't know that I scream tried out when someone sees me, right? But I'm a card-carrying, happy, delighted sister. And we are delighted you are. So last question for you. How do you think your experience in Tri-Delta and in Side Chapter in particular influenced you in your career? I'm going to answer two ways. I'm going to answer naughty and nice, maybe, or... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I probably overhyped it. It empowered me as a woman, as a Black woman. It was really empowering. It helped me just not apologize for being a woman, not apologizing for being African-American. It was the empowering thing that, that I, that carries me throughout my career daily. Right. And then the other thing that it did for me was it helped me to live in different worlds. And so I can navigate high finance worlds. I can navigate all white boy or boy networks. I can navigate Black communities in the South and the Bronx and Brooklyn and Harlem. It just gave me this ability to be me and be authentic and go into those rooms. And so maybe it gave me the ability to be a party crasher, right? Because now I don't ask for invitations. I don't wait for invitations. I have a sense of my value, my purpose in life, and that what and who I am can be of value and service to others, even when they don't know it. So, you know what, maybe I just need to get in that room and let them know. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, so maybe it's maybe a party crasher too. <laughs> I like that a lot. Right. right? What's the saying? Like if, if you're not at the table, you might yeah. be you. To me, it comes back to that perfect confidence in yourself. That humble confidence that we learned about in Tridelta's ritual that we had to try on for size in college and beyond. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I think the other thing about how my experience in Tridelta carries with me in my career is this notion, and someday I'll get around to coining a phrase around it, but this plus one notion has stayed with me. And what I mean by that is So you think about the work I'm doing now, right? We're raising capital so that we can invest in women of color. That takes me into rooms that don't always look like me, but with also people that don't have my shared experiences. Part of my role and and what I take responsibility for is helping other people understand my experiences. I can't assume that everyone knows what it's like to be a middle-aged Black woman or a Black woman who grew up in Silicon Valley, right? doesn't mean they're racist, right? It just means they've got different experiences than mine. And so early on, when I left JP Morgan and I started on this journey of investing in women, I thought, wow, you know what? The guys, and most a lot of times it's, you know, wealthy, older gentlemen of companies or, you know, executives. And I thought, it's not that they aren't investing in us because they don't like us or they, you know, want to impress us. Like, I don't think there's a segment, but I don't think most people wake up each day and think, you know, how can I oppress women and, and right? Um, they're just not familiar with this. They're not top of mind, right? And so I started this plus one and I thought I'm going to invite them to be my plus one when I go to things. I was doing it with my mentees and younger people that I, you know, coach or mentor in, in little ways, right? Like I was asked to speak at a conference and they had a speaker stipend, which is lovely, right? Oh my God, I'm getting a paid, a spa- a paid speaking gig. Yeah. yeah. I said to them, instead, can I get two tickets so I can invite two of my mentees to come to this nice. conference? 
Yep. It was beautiful. And I thought, why don't I do that with these like wealthy white guy, hedge fund, private yeah. guys, right? And so I did and I invited one and he came to this black women's tech thing, nice. summit meetup, and he loved it. And I thought, we got to do more of that. We have to invite other people into our world. We can't always assume that other people are going to understand who we are, even though it's right and it's moral and it's equitable and it's, you know, of equality. We can't assume um, we have to help bridge those gaps. And so that is something that Tridelt did for me because 30 years ago when I joined, it wasn't a very diverse organization, right? It was wanting to be, but it wasn't yet. But that side chapter, these sisters made me their plus one. And so I carried that forward. Okay. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. One day I was thinking, I want to make it an actual program. Like it, it's a thing. And like, and I don't know, maybe we just like put on like, here's how to be, here's how to be a great plus one, or, or here's how to invite someone to be your plus one. Plus one to dinner, plus one to go walking in Central Park. Yes. Plus one. Yeah. Right. Because if you're that white guy, you're not going to be like, yeah, I want to go to that, you know, that black tech meetup group yeah. place in Brooklyn on a Friday night. You're going to get there. And we're going to be like, this is the creepy white guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like, so, you know, it's OK. There's a reason why he doesn't know 20 year old black and Hispanic techie yeah. coders, because it'd be kind of weird if he just showed up. Right. <laughs> yes. uh, so we have to create these spaces. And again, we have to invite each other into our worlds. So yeah, at some point I'll, you know, maybe it'll just be a blog and ways and things you can invite someone to, to be your plus one. Well, count us in to publish that because that, you know, I think about how women can, can support and champion and advocate for other women as well. Yeah. yeah. Right. About like even those that, you know, are retired or semi-retired. Exactly. Right? Yep. Coming to like a tech conference with me for half a day could be really cool for a semi-retired tryout, right? Like, how cool would that be? Oh, I love we'll call to action to everyone else to in the next sixty days have a plus one moment. Plus one, brilliant concept. I think you can expect to hear more about plus one and tryout in the future. That is just, I love it. Big thank you and congratulations to Gayla Jennings O'Byrne on being named a 2021 Woman of Achievement in Tri-Delta. I am sure we'll be hearing more from Gayla coming soon. And stay tuned for more exciting events, programs, and celebrations coming your way from Tri-Delta. You can find out more on our vibrant new website, tridelta.org. And don't forget to send us any podcast ideas you'd love to hear. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at trideltaeo.org. And please like, subscribe, and rate our podcast. We love five-star ratings at Tridelta. Thank you for talking Tridelta with us. Join us next time. Stay safe and bring you.